This is the Thundering Herd Hoops podcast covering NDSU Bison men's and women's basketball, featuring interviews with your favorite players. Welcome in, Hoops fans, to another episode of the Thundering Herd Hoops podcast. I am your host, Brandon Jeffrey. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at TH Hoops Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter personally at uh, BGEF08. That's B G E F O 8. I look forward to interacting uh, with fans on there all the time. Uh, if you have any topics or anything you'd like to hear covered on this podcast, feel free to shoot them to me there. Uh, today got a couple more great interviews. I uh, got interviews with Des McKinney from the men's program and Taylor Brown from the women's program. Looking forward, uh, to getting to those interviews, uh, for you guys with them. Uh, but first we'll talk a little hoops. Uh, we'll start with the men's side, uh, two more games in the last week and two more underwhelming performances. If we're going to be honest from the men's team, um, Went out to Terry Hout, Indiana last week uh, and really just didn't play well from the get-go. Uh, more of the same from NDSU, uh, some turnovers early, not great defense. Uh, Grant Nelson got himself into a little foul trouble again and then rolled an ankle um, and I, that kept him out of the second game this week. So something to monitor. Sounds like he's just day-to-day, um, but definitely – Definitely an impact player for NDSU, so don't hoping he doesn't miss too much time with that. Uh, he did come back into the game after rolling the ankle, uh, but only played a couple of minutes and then was sat down for the rest of the game. It was pretty much out of hand already. Uh, NDSU was down 25-plus points. Uh, certainly not worth the risk of losing one of your best players for an extended period of time um, when the game is pretty much out of reach. Um, looking through the stats, it's more of the same couple players played well, couple players couldn't find their shot. Uh, I think this team has the talent to compete, but it seems like it's a couple guys on and a couple guys off each night. And we just need to find that, that rhythm to get them all going. Uh, Andrew Morgan, another solid game, 13 points, nine rebounds. Um, Javis Miller played lights out in the second half. Uh, really got aggressive, really took the ball to the rim, scored 20, um, three of eight from three-point line, seven for 13 overall. Um, Bowden Scunberg's the one who really just, he just couldn't get the shot to fall. Like, great looks, his shot, nice pull-up jumpers, 15, 17 feet, uh, but was 0 for 7. Uh, just couldn't uh, get them to drop. And Lance Waddles, and the kid's shot looks good, and I, I think he's going to find it. But, again, four for 10 in this game, one for six from three. Uh, finished with 13 points, uh, four for four from the free throw line. Um, so did get some to fall, but I, I really think he's going to be scoring at a higher level before long. And then Sam Hostrider also uh, finishing double figures uh, with 10 points, two or three from three. Um, and Luke Yoder also with 10 points uh, on four, 12 from the field, 0 for four from three-pointer. He's a guy who... Shot like 39% uh, at the JUCO level uh, before coming here. I, I think he's one for the season so far. So another player, hope we can dial in the shooting a little bit uh, and get him there. Uh, 10 points, four rebounds, four assists for Luke Yoder. So a decent all-around performance. Just couldn't get the three-pointer to fall. Um, and that was kind of the, the game for the Bison. Uh, for Indiana State, Boy, uh, 
I tell you what, Cavassier McCauley, great name, by the way, um, absolutely lit it up. 30 points, uh, 10 for 15 from the field, 6 for 11 from downtown. Didn't matter how closely NDSU seemed to guard him, hand in his face or not. He was putting down some shots. And uh, I'm just trying to figure out what uh, DePaul <laughs> was doing wrong out there. This is a guy that uh, only played about 16 minutes a game there last year, averaged like six points a game. Uh, scored around 160 points the whole season, and he has 67 points already in the three games with Indiana State this year, averaging 22 per game, he's 17th in the nation in scoring. So uh, not sure what he was playing behind in DePaul. Um, obviously, that conference is significantly better competition than what they've played so far this year, but the guy sure looks like he can score. Cooper Nice, uh, he was a problem for NDSU uh, when they played uh, a couple of years ago, uh, he put up 16 as well. Um, another team that was built kind of like Pacific. Uh, they didn't really have bigs. They ran five guys out there between 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and 6'7". Um, they had a couple of bigs that came in late, uh, but didn't play a whole heck of a lot. Uh, and it just seems to be um, teams that are running those rosters at NDSU right now. NDSU just not able to stay in front of them very well defensively, um, whether it's just positioning, bad positioning, just not being ready for the speed level. Um, you know, we got a lot of young guys, a lot of guys who haven't played Division One basketball yet uh, for more than, you know, this being their fourth game uh, and just not quite able to stay in front of their guys out there. So really had, again, a couple of, Decent performances to James Miller. It looks like the real deal. Uh, that Indiana State game just got out of control quick. Again, NDSU scored 49 points in the second half. You know, they're scoring a ton of points in the second half. We're just having a little trouble keeping people from scoring. Uh, and the competition is not going to get much easier um, as we head, head down the road here. So hopefully they can get it turned around. Um, did have a non-D1 game just here um, yesterday on Sunday against Crown College. Um, NDSU took off to a big lead. Uh, I think it was 20, 27 to 6 or 26 to 7, something along those lines. And just it was never really in doubt, but it also felt like NDSU never really put Crown away and just kind of coasted. Um, again, some things defensively, just playing off guys too far, letting them shoot some threes when – it's really all Crown College had going. Um, did limit the turnovers a little bit better. Obviously, the defensive pressure from uh, from Crown wasn't up to snuff with the other teams. Uh, NDSU has played, as I mentioned, Grant Nelson did not play in this one, um, resting that ankle. Uh, those who did play, most played fairly well. Um, Andrew Morgan had a stellar game, 23 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, it felt like if they got him the ball in the post, he could scored pretty much every time. Uh, only downside to Morgan is he only went three for seven from the free throw line. Uh, struggled a little bit there. So something he'll definitely work on to clean up. Uh, Bowden Scunberg had a nice bounce back game. 19 points, eight boards, three assists, uh, four for five from the free throw line. Made his only three, shot seven for 16. Probably three or four he'd like back. Uh, that just a couple of close ones at the rim. One of his, you know, easy jumpers that, normally goes for him um just missed a couple of those javis miller 
again, looked good. 16 points, uh, six of 11 shooting, four for eight from the three-point line. And again, Lance Waddles just got a bunch of great looks and couldn't get the ball to fall. Uh, one for 10 from the field, one for eight from three. Uh, the quantity and the volume he's shooting tells me he hasn't lost confidence. Um, I think he's he's going to get there. It, shooters shooters shoot and i think he's going to continue to shoot and i think they're going to start falling for him uh, and once they do uh i i think this team is gonna really take a step in the right direction just because of how open he can get uh with his quickness and how quick he can get his shot off um even if he starts shooting 30 40 percent from the field total not even just from three um it'll really open things up for the rest of this team and, and, and for him. So looking forward to him getting, starting to see some, some balls go through the net. Unfortunately, crown college was probably the time to get that to happen on your home floor. Uh, and it just couldn't go. So hopefully he can get that turned around as they head on a three day road trip here this weekend. Uh, Joshua Streit didn't do much offensively, but uh, one point on one, one or two free throws, but did grab 10 boards, uh, had a steal had a block. Um, he's really been playing well defensively. He rebounds well, uh, and just offensively doesn't really look to attack uh, when he gets the ball in the post. He's more looking to dish it back out. So hopefully we'll see some development in his game as the season goes on as well. Just being a little more aggressive, uh, on offense, uh, Damari Wheeler, Thomas did get his first start to the season in this game. Two points, two assists, one rebound, uh, played 25 minutes, went one for five from the field, 0 for two on his threes, um, but plays better on the, he's our best op option right now, I think, at point guard uh, on the defensive end. He's got the foot speed over Yoder. Uh, he's a little more physical. He's a little stronger, um, just a little more sturdy, and I, I think he's the better option to play those minutes at this particular moment until we get Des back, um, which you'll hear in the interview later. He's kind of targeting the start of conference play for his return. Um, so getting to Wheeler Thomas, let's start, uh, get him some confidence built up here as we get going, uh, I think will help a lot. He's He appears to look the part. He appears to have the talent. Um, just needs to, you know, he missed, as Dave has said, he missed most of the summer, if not all of the summer. Um, with uh with an injury uh and so he's really just getting back into the swing of things probably only having a month or so of practice time in now uh as we're a couple of weeks into the season so as he continues to get back into it uh and settle in i think he's going to be a good option going forward uh sam hastrider had a really tough game um over three from three uh he had four points he had seven rebounds uh, but he turned the ball over five times um, and just got himself into some situations you just don't want to see. He got himself pinned in the corner a couple of times, um, played off a little too far on on his guy who was shooting threes. Uh, and so I, he'll get that corrected. Sam's a, a pretty talented kid. Um, I think all of that will get fixed, but it was just uh, just not his best day. And I think he'd tell you the same. So those are the two games. Uh, that NDSU had this week. Uh, they do head uh, to Albuquerque uh, for a three-game stretch here this weekend over the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, the Lobo Classic. I'm going to touch on those teams that they're going to play a little bit here after the interview. But at this time, I'm going to jump into the interview with Des McKinney. Uh, we'll hear from him and a little bit about how he got 
to NDSU and how he's doing with the knee. And then we'll be back to preview the weekend. I'm now joined on the podcast by junior guard from Raytown, Missouri, number zero, Desmond McKinney. Uh, Des, thanks for taking some time out of your day to join me and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You bet. So Raytown, Missouri, you got, if people don't know, just uh, outside Kansas City, Kansas City metro area, a um, little bigger than Fargo, North Dakota. But to, just growing up, what's your uh, best part about growing up in a big, big city like like Kansas City for you? Uh, it was really just like the connections you build with the people that you've seen. You've seen a lot of different people daily because we get a lot of uh, it's a famous spot downtown where a lot of tourists come. So it was just seeing those newer faces and just trying to build those newer connections. Nice. Um, some some not so fun memories uh, on the basketball side. You're in your state high school tournament, your senior year, get to the semis, thing gets canceled. What uh, what was that experience like? Just being that close to being able to finish it off as a team. I, I believe you guys were favored to win that tournament uh, and just have that goal yeah, short. Were, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh it was uh it was heartbroken a little bit because i know me and the guys worked really hard to get there and we had all these goals and dreams set and just reaching that stage again for the second time in my high school career was just it was just something super important it was just a dream come true and then once it got taken away it was just like dang yeah no we we understand we uh we were down at the summer league tournament we had just danced on the on the floor in Sioux Falls and the next day everything shut down so I'm not <laughs> sure what's what one was worse but yeah I totally understand um so getting from Raytown to NDSU um you hadn't committed anywhere in that that spring I don't if I remember this correctly I don't believe NDSU had a scholarship until Cam transferred after the season uh was NDSU kind of involved in recruiting the whole way or did they come in late once they had a scholarship open up? Just want to talk about kind of how that process went with your recruiting. Uh, I know me and Ken, uh, KB, he was in connection with me a little bit towards the end of my senior year because he was telling me a spot might open up. So it was really like a last minute thing, but I was getting recruited by NDSU a little bit towards the end of my high school career. And then once Cam left, it just opened up more. Uh, no, perfect. I believe that's how it went, but just kind of, kind of want to see how it was for you. Um, so you get to NDSU freshman year, COVID still a thing. So your first year of college ball, you're playing in empty stadiums, games getting canceled and rescheduled on the fly. Um, you know, just how, what was that experience like coming into college ball and just not obviously having it be anything you thought it would be like, you know, when you're playing high school ball and getting ready for college. It was weird. I can be honest. Like, it was super weird because playing the Division One level, you just dream for moments like this, play, playing in packed out stadiums and stuff. But then once you get here, COVID is still a thing. So it's now you playing in, like, empty arenas. Maybe you might get a couple of, couple of fans. Nothing too crazy. But it was just super weird. But you had to make an adjustment to it, so. So then you contrast that year two, you come back and you're playing at places like Arizona, um, you know, and a few other, like the SDSU gets pretty loud when we're on the road there. So was it 
that experience even better than that second year you think just because of what you had to, to endure the first year and is it more fun to play it was i shouldn't say more fun is it an easier environment to go on the road and play when there's no fans there or was it if even if they're against you is it more fun to play in front of the crowd i mean it's definitely fun to play against thousand like when it's thousand people that are watching but once you're on the court i really like I got a habit of tuning everything out, so I don't really notice the crowd. But I know that they're there, and just the feeling of knowing that they're there just made just made playing so much better and just more fun. Nice. So, so last year, little little rough injury wise, we had Sam with his well documented issue. Uh, he comes back, Morse gets hurt, Morse comes back, and then you got to go down with the ACL, which <laughs> by the way, happened right in front of me. My seat is, my seats are right on that baseline on the front row. So I, I felt your pain from where I was sitting. Um, not a great year injury wise. Is this your first major sports injury? Is this, have you had anything that you had to go through before? No, nah, this was by far my first and worst one. So you hear rehab processes, you hear the nightmares and this and that and the other thing from stories all over the place so based on what you had heard in in your life was rehab been worse or easier than you thought it would be kind of going through it oh when I first started off it was definitely harder than what I expected and then just hearing the stories about the rehab just made it worse but as I like started staying with it and just trusting Steph with it with everything it was like it, everything just got easier because I started to notice a growth. So it just started getting easier and easier. <laughs> Start to see that light at the end of the tunnel a little bit makes it a little yeah. easier. Right? <laughs> uh, what what part would you say was harder to get through the physical part of it or the mental part of it that you just weren't there? Mental part. The physical. I feel like the physical part was pretty. I, the physical part to me was pretty easy. It wasn't nothing too out of the ordinary, but it was just all the mental part. It was just the mental battle I was trying to fight with myself. Wanting to do more than, than your body's letting you, obviously. Yeah. So even with the injury uh, and not being on the court to start the season, you're still named captain. Um, I've noticed during the games, you got a lot of the young guys on the team. Um, you're really being vocal there, pulling guys to the side during timeouts, trying to show them things and, and, and help them out. So what, what kind of role has that been for you this year? So far, well, you can't be out there. Just kind of what are you trying to get get through to these younger guys while you're there? I mean, it's definitely an experience for myself because I would have never thought I would be in this situation, but it's helped a lot. It's helped a lot with me just helping like myself grow as an individual and a man. But it's uh it's challenging sometimes because I know it's easier said than done, as people like to say. So I know sometimes me chirping to the younger guys could just be me just just chirping to them. But I know sometimes it gets through them a little bit. It just depends on when you say it, how you say it, where you say it, basically. But just trying to just trying to get into them to, like, don't worry about making mistakes because nobody's going to be perfect throughout the game. It's about, make, it's about that next possession that counts. So. so coaching days, I mean, is that is that what you're practicing for right now in basketball playing days are over? We, we lining up career number two. <laughs> Dave Richmond would tell you that I'd be a coach in the future, but I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, 
I don't see it quite yet. <laughs> uh, so I got to ask one thing. I introduced you at number zero. I always, I love the number zero. I love when players wear the number zero. Is that something you targeted coming in or was that just like best available option or how do you arrive on that one? Uh, I mean, I was number one in high school and I was hoping I can be that number again in college. But they told me that uh, they don't have the number one. So zero was my next best option. I was number zero in AAU. And so I just went with that. Nice. Very nice. I was, I, it's always fun when I see a player. We haven't had one here in, I don't know, it's been probably six or seven years since somebody's wore a zero. So it was, it was fun when you snagged it again. <laughs> um, so a little bit about this season so far. You got a bunch of young guys. Um, Obviously, team struggled a little bit, you know, off to the to the one and four start. Um, but as each game goes along, I think we see better and better things in different areas. Uh, just waiting to put the 40 minutes together. We're just kind of talk about what you guys are working on day to day um, to kind of try to get back over that hump and get to where you want to be. Uh, I'd say just growth, just trying to make growth in like every little part of the uh, game. And then, like you said, just trying to put all 40 together. Instead of just having spurts there, here and there, just just really trying to put everything together. So with us right now, it's just about growth of the younger guys, just trying to answer any questions they could possibly have and just lead by example. Absolutely. So I know Coach Richmond talked about going the full nine months uh, kind of plan with your, your rehab, which I believe would put your first week of December or so, kind of as the target get-back date, feeling pretty good that, that's where you're still on pace for? Is it holding up well? We headed that direction or just uh, is it still just day by day? Take it one step at a time. Uh, I know the goal for me was conference play, but I haven't had any setbacks or anything crazy like that. But it's just day by day, just how the knee feels. Don't want to do anything too drastic during practice, but just holding back and just waiting patiently, basically. Sounds good. Well, I just got a few, we'll do a few little rapid fire favorites here that we've been doing um, just to get a few years with a little holiday theme since we're heading to it uh, and then gotcha. we'll wrap up. So uh, number one, favorite Thanksgiving dish. Mm. Uh, I, I'd go dressing. I love dressing. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> apple pie or pumpkin pie? Apple pie. I hate pumpkin pie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, since you now get to experience the upper Midwest winters, what's uh, what's your favorite wintertime activity outside of the basketball court? Staying indoors away from the winter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Go-to Christmas movie. Ooh. Ah. Uh, I'd go Home Alone or I'd go Home Alone or the, uh, or the Grinch probably. Uh, number one item on your Christmas list this year. What are you, what are you throwing at the parents to to pick up? Uh, I'm going with cologne or money. You can never <laughs> go wrong with those two. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, the thing you miss most from back home, and why is it barbecue? <laughs> uh, I would. I'll probably say the uh. The number two things I miss the most about uh, the most uh, at home, I go family and then uh, I go barbecue or seafood, one of the two. 
But mainly right. just family. Just miss seeing them. Yeah, absolutely. Do they I, – I haven't had a chance to meet your parents yet. Do they make it up to many games at all while you're at home or they... – uh, I know they – I know if it, if I didn't injure myself, they plan on coming to a, quite a few games this year, but they're just waiting for me to come to get back on the court to start coming to some more games, but – Absolutely. Well, if we don't – if I don't see them before, I'm sure they'll be at the Summit League tournament, so we'll hit them up. We'll hit them up there for sure. They were for sure be there. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, that wraps up our time here. We're running out of time. So thanks again, Des, for joining me. Uh, take some time out of your day. And hopefully we'll uh, see you back out on the court here before too long. Thank you for having me. All right. You bet. Have a good night. Yep. All right. Appreciate the time with Des. Uh, as he gets rehabbing back and ready to go uh, for the stretch run here of the season, hopefully by conference play. Um, will not be available this weekend. Uh, this weekend, the Bison men are headed to Albuquerque, New Mexico to play in the Logo Classic. They'll have a three-game MTE there uh, playing Northern Colorado, New Mexico, and Jacksonville State. Um Grant Nelson's availability is still a little up in the air, the way it sounds, uh, which is really a bummer for the Northern Colorado game because that is one I do think the Bison could definitely go out and win. Uh, Northern Colorado is a team that's definitely had a, a beginning of the season, kind of like NDSU. Uh, they've played number three, Houston. They played number, number five, Baylor, uh, and got destroyed in both of them. Uh, their only win so far is against Texas A&M Commerce, uh, who's out of the Southland Conference. Um, and then they also lost to the Tim Miles coach, San Jose State Spartans, uh, just last week, 80-69. to 69. So a team that's also struggling a little bit. They're going to be another team that's going to run uh, a bit of the, more of the same that NDSU has seen as far as rosters go. They play four guards uh, and a forward, 6'2", uh, 6'4", six, 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 and 6'6", six, six, I believe, are the first four guys um, that lead this team in scoring. Uh, they do work some bigger guys in off the bench, but, um, you know, they're a team that, if you look at their overall stats, looks like they turn the ball over a bunch, but the vast majority of those came in the Houston and Baylor games, which is not surprising. They're two of the best defensive teams in the country. So um, as NDSU looks to to right the ship a little bit and keep things going in the right direction, uh, Northern Colorado is a, a team that they could definitely build some momentum with. Uh, into the weekend. Um, it's a team that's only averaging uh, a little over 60 points a game. Um, they haven't shot the ball particularly well in spots. So uh, hopefully that continues for Northern Colorado and NDSU can, can take that first one. Uh, the challenge definitely gets tougher after that as they will play New Mexico. Uh, they are currently 3-0, and uh, wins over Southern Utah, South Alabama, and SMU. Um, their game against New Mexico State, there was uh, just happened to be a shooting on campus uh, the day before that game was supposed to be played. So there was no game. It was postponed. Uh, they will open the, the MTE with Jacksonville State and then play NDSU. Uh, and so that'll be their only game between now and then. Um, solid team. We'll probably look a little bit more like the Power Five teams as far as roster makeup goes. Um, and then they will wrap it up. NDSU will wrap it up playing Jacksonville State. 
Um, a one note on New Mexico before we move on from them. Uh, Bison fans may recognize one name on their roster as Josiah Alec, uh, the former UMKC forward uh, who's was a pretty solid player for them, did transfer uh, to New Mexico. So uh, NDSC will be matched up against him again um, on that Saturday game. Uh, and then they will wrap up with Jacksonville State, um, team whose only win so far, like the Bison, is a non-D1 opponent. Uh, they lost to Illinois Chicago uh, and lost by uh, 32 to Alabama. Uh, they will play Elon tomorrow uh, prior to the MTE this weekend. So they got one more game to get things going as well. Um, but hopefully uh, the Jacksonville, the Northern Colorado games are a couple of games that NDSU can, can try to get things going. And then, you know, New Mexico as well. They're going to be probably a little rusty. They haven't played in a few days um, prior to this tournament. So anything anything can happen uh, especially if grant nelson is out on the floor um depending how that ankle does we'll see if he makes it out this weekend so you can tune in uh, on the radio for the friday and sunday games the new mexico game will be uh available to stream i have not seen any streaming information on the other two yet but sometimes these mtes do post it uh as the games get closer so you can keep an eye out for that uh with that I will wrap up the men's portion of the show here and we will transition right on over to the women's program who had a pretty solid week last week. So the women had two games last week. Uh, I did not get the podcast out until Tuesday last week. So I did touch on the victory on Monday over Valley city state a little bit on last week's podcast. Uh, not much to talk about there. Uh, pretty pretty easily handled uh by the ndsu women um in that one and then was the big marquee matchup on the schedule uh ndsu getting a home game against a power five opponent uh and getting the big tens minnesota golden gophers at home on the home floor um great crowd turned out for it uh, it was great to see i uh, saw a lot of youth basketball teams there um hopefully kind of growing that that fan base of the the current basketball player generation of, of girls out there. So um, it was great to see. I think was, I think the count of attendance was around 1,800 people. Um, but it was a good crowd. It was an enthusiastic crowd uh, that turned out to see the women play. And uh, they put a good competitive showing out there. Uh, Minnesota, I know some people are going to say got the win, but they didn't have their, their stud as Mar Braun uh, did miss the game against NDSU. Um, definitely a, a loss for the Gophers. She had uh, 30, 21 points in their opener against Western Illinois, put up 34 in their second win against Lehigh um, before having a little foot ankle issue uh, and not suiting up against NDSU. Uh, she was back in action uh, yesterday again in their win against Presbyterian. Uh, she only played 19 minutes, but um, good for the Gophers that she was back out on the floor. Uh, it's a very young Minnesota Gophers team uh, that NDSU just beat, and I think the experience really helped them. Uh, if you look at Minnesota's scoring, uh, other than uh, one player, the, their top five scorers are all freshmen, uh, and the only one that isn't 
uh, is Alana McHugh, who's only a sophomore. So um, Braun, Hayer, Battle, Barwitz, all four of them are freshmen, um, very talented. I, I know Amaya Battle had a really good game against NDSU. Uh, I think she finished with 15 points. Um, and so it is going to be a good, a better women's Gophers team as the season goes on and those freshmen build some confidence, but I believe NDSU's team is also going to be the same. Uh, L Evans played 37 minutes, uh, in this game, true freshman. She, she really was doing everything she could out there. She couldn't get the shots to fall very well. She only shot two for eight and missed all five of her three pointers, but, uh, five or six from the free throw line made a couple of uh, clutch ones down the stretch, uh, finished with nine points. Uh, she had four assists, four rebounds. Um, played really well defensively. She was, she was everywhere. Um, she did have a block felt like she had more, but I think she was just affecting shots, uh, like that. She did have six turnovers. So some of the freshmen struggles there, but, uh, really played a, a well-rounded game. I thought, um, doesn't necessarily everything show up on the stat column, uh, for what she put out on this game. Uh, but, playing 37 minutes was, was a, a heck of a feat, uh, in this one that was pretty physical. So, um, having Hamling really couldn't get it going. Uh, it was definitely Minnesota's, their, their game plan was well scouted. Heaven Hamling was not going to be the one to beat them. They were, they were smothering her. Um, Barwitz was honored. Barwitz is real quick. Um, so she both offensive and defensively is, is very quick footed. Um, thought and I believe Jory thought a few times she got away with a lot of hand checking on on heaven uh reaching across the body and trying to poke at the ball which which made things a little tough uh and then having also got into a little early foul trouble she picked up two fairly early fouls uh, her and Abby Schulte both so they didn't play quite the minutes we normally would have seen out of them but did play almost the entire second half with both of them because uh, they did both finish with 28 minutes uh heaven finished with eight points uh four rebounds and assist uh, hit a couple of clutch shots, uh, a couple of threes down the stretch. Um, so they made them when, she, made them, made them when they counted. Uh, Abby Schulte also had a great game, 13 points, uh, five rebounds and five assists. Uh, and Emily Banky really has not been uh, – we talked to her about a little last week about how offense is not really, you know, her spot on the team necessarily. But with the way Minnesota was playing – uh, the pick and roll game was there. Uh, there were some dump downs that were there. She got a couple offensive rebounds, uh, five actually, um, f five over eight rebounds are on the offensive end. So um, really played a, a better game once the game got going and realized that she was going to have those opportunities and finish with 14 points and eight boards. Uh, then a player of the game uh, who we have the interview with coming up here, Taylor Brown, uh, the transfer from American. Really put her stamp on this one, 16 points, 10 rebounds, uh, made a couple of threes, two for five, uh, went seven for 11 from the floor. So really efficient day. I uh, did have a couple of turnovers. Uh, she finished with four of them, um, but all in all, a really good all around performance. Uh, and then the note, uh, kind of the spark plug in the first half that, that kept it going. Um, also had a nice stretch in the third quarter was Abby Graham, the freshman from, from Oregon and she finished with 11 points, three rebounds, a couple assists, uh, and was really aggressive uh, at to the basket um, and played really well. Uh, I thought this was definitely her best performance in a Bison uniform so far uh, as a freshman. So if we keep these 
these freshmen coming along, um, you know, Abby Draper, Katie Hildebrand both played um, nine and 10 minutes respectively. Um, didn't do much on the stat sheet, but, but spelled some people and, and kept the game close while they were in there. So um, this team looked good. They look, they look promising. Uh, they didn't, didn't back down from the challenge. They never looked overmatched. Uh, the game started a little ugly, um, whether it was just the enthusiasm or just both teams playing good defense. Uh, it, was, it was only 12 to eight after the first quarter, uh, but then teams uh, kind of settled in and, and started playing. Um, but the, the big part, the big thing that NDSU did was played well defensively. They held uh, the Gophers to two of 15 from beyond the arc, only 13%. Um, what didn't really didn't help the Gophers was their free throw percentage. They shot 13 for 22. They only shot 59% from the free throw line. So, uh, NDSU only shot 64%, um, but only put up 14. So a uh, little bigger discrepancy, uh, when you look up at the quantity of free throws, uh, that the Gophers had. So great defensive performance by NDSU. They gave a, a heck of an effort. Um, you know, they did end up with 20 turnovers, but, um, a lot of them were not, the typical, you know, freshman kind of turnovers we saw. There was some good, really good defensive play by Minnesota. Um, so if they can continue to avoid those mental mistakes uh, and play well going forward, um, this team has a chance to, to really make some noise in the Summit League um, and potentially beyond. So uh, great team win. Uh, everybody contributed that was out there. Um, when when Heaven Hamling is uh, the lowest of the team scoring that actually put numbers in the scoring column and you still get a win. That's a pretty good day. So um, she was with eight points, the lowest scorer other than Abby Draper and Katie Hildenbrands who did not score. So great, great team performance, great team win uh, and a fun one to be at in the shack. So hopefully uh, they play again tomorrow here against Northern Colorado. Um, I'll touch on that one here in a little bit as well. Hopefully we can get a good crowd for that one uh, before they hit the road. Um, I will touch on those games here in a bit, but at this time uh, we will jump into the interview that I had with Taylor Brown and we can get to know her a little bit better. I'm now joined on the podcast by the 6'1 senior forward for NDSU women's basketball team, number 14, Taylor Brown. Taylor, uh, thanks for taking your time out of your day uh, to join me and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you're originally from Lakeville, Minnesota, played AAU with Heaven. I think most people know that by now. Uh, she signs here right away. You head to American uh, in Washington, D.C. So can you just fill us in a little bit about kind of that whole recruiting process how you ended up uh at American yeah for sure so American was actually one of the first schools to uh I think send a letter back in when that was a thing when you could send them out your sophomore year <laughs> um I was kind of unsure about going super far away from home but eventually as my recruiting process went on I decided to reach back out to the American coaches um just after doing some research on the school uh they came out and watched me at an open gym and then I had an official and the head coach came out and watched one of my high school games, my senior year actually against Eastview. And then I committed after that and I ended up in DC for four years. So how was that experience? I've been to DC a couple of times. How, uh, how was just the college life in Washington DC with all the history and everything that goes on there? 
Yeah, it was great. I mean, DC is an awesome city to visit. Like you said, a lot of history. So I got to go to a lot of museums, um, a lot of art galleries and do different things that you probably wouldn't get to do in other areas. Um, Met a lot of cool people. And yeah, overall, I really liked DC, but I was ready to come closer to home, (laughs) a little more Midwest. Um, So yeah, it worked out. So I was going to ask this in the little rapid fire section later, but since we're talking about it, I'll just do it now. What, what's your favorite museum in Washington, DC out of all the ones you went to? Did you have a favorite or monument or just any of the things that you can visit? Yeah, man. Probably the museum. I don't know if that's the correct like word for it Uh, is like history of like media and um like the news oh nice yeah it was actually gonna close down I'm not sure if it's even still open (laughs) but we went as a class for one of my classes and it was just super cool and got to like look through different things there's a lot of interactive activities um I'm trying to think they all are just like actually amazing (laughs) I yeah there's not really a bad one to visit that's for sure but it's just some people definitely have favorites i'm a big air and space museum guy yeah that was my other one i really like that one uh so you're you spent four years there in american last year win the patrick league championship get to go to the ncaa tournament how was that experience um was it everything you kind of hoped it would be that you're shooting for as you do and as a college athlete yeah I mean, it's hard to put into words. I was in a class of with five, um, four other teammates. So there's a class of five of us. And it was one of our goals. Um, actually, I told my, me and my teammate Maddie told our coach our freshman year when we lost in the conference championship, we said, um, this is going to be us someday after we watched Bucknell celebrate on their home floor. And it was kind of ironic. It worked out this year that our one seed got upset in the tournament um, conference tournament. So we got to host the championship as the two seed and it was just everything. And the selection show and all being a part of that was so cool to like, see your like video pop up on the screen, getting to travel and all the gear that comes with it. And like all the recognition, it was great. That's sounds like a great experience. Hopefully, you know, maybe we'll get one, another one this year. You know, that's, that's, we're we're waiting for right oh yeah Uh, so the COVID year grants you an extra year of eligibility did you know right away when that season happened that playing an extra year was something you wanted to do or was that kind of a decision that came after last year and then um just kind of what led to um NDSU becoming to the top of that list when that process started yeah so I had always planned to play the extra year just because my COVID year was we only got to play 11 games we had a lot of cancellations with COVID um yeah it was an option to stay at American and just after ending on such a good note I kind of felt some closure and was ready to come back home and kind of get a different experience just because that COVID year is such a unique opportunity and um I told heaven when I went in the portal that I was in there and it just worked out after conversations with a bunch of different coaches and it just like nothing really compared to mine with Jory and I felt a lot of comfort in trusting what heaven had to say about this team and program and the coaching staff just because you never know what you're getting out of the portal and 
um it worked out that I got along great with Jory and it was actually me Dylan Jory and heaven on my zoom call and the rest is history and I ended up here that's great we're definitely happy to have you so <laughs> you sign in the spring and then this team gets a foreign trip right away and you find out did you know you were was that part of the recruiting process at all did jory pitch hey we're going to greece this summer if you if you join us or was that <laughs> after the sig the signing it was it was during the process it wasn't the first phone call i'm not really sure when he said that um because there was a lot of phone calls in that one to two week span um but he did tell me they were going to greece and that isn't like an opportunity of a lifetime where it was just an incentive to everything they were else they were saying and getting to play my fifth year with heaven is like super special. So the fact that I got an amazing trip out of it and like got to bond with all my other teammates and coaching staff, like that was just, that was a cherry on top. Absolutely. Uh, so outside of the, the basketball and the Greece trip, and I asked Emily the same thing last week, but what was your favorite thing that you guys did on that trip? Uh, the boat, the cruise day, uh, we went to three different islands, like got to swim in the ocean. Like that was really cool. And like go to different um, towns and there was like ice cream shops and little stores. And yeah, you just got to like hang out and do some random stuff. What else? I'm trying to think of what else we did. Like there were donkeys on the island and I really like animals. So getting to see like donkeys and horses walking around, that was kind of cool. And the views were just like unexplainable, like beautiful. So all the above. That's, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a food guy. So Emily was a little boring because she's a picky eater. So what, what was the best thing you ate while you were there? Oh, I would say probably the chicken gyro. Um, got one. I really like tzatziki sauce and hummus. So like, obviously those Same. were to die for there. I like dipping sauces. So that, but like, honestly, all the food was great but those will stick with me. Like now if I buy tzatziki here, it just like is not the same. <laughs> Pales in so, comparison. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, it's not as good. <laughs> but that'll happen when you get the authentic stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about this season. Uh, Thursday night, Minnesota comes to town. Uh, I go to most of the women's games. It's probably the best crowd I've seen in the last, I don't know, three or four years. Uh, great energy, great game. Uh, you finished with a double-double, 14 points, 10 rebounds, named player of the game, and only your third game as a Bison. So what? how was that home game experience for you, and just kind of what are you most proud of your effort in that game, uh, looking back at it? Oh, man. I mean, I thought the crowd was amazing. Other than traveling um, on the road to Michigan last year, I don't think I remember – other. okay, in our home championship game, we had a good crowd, but I never played – with um that big of a crowd and like having that much support so that was just awesome um I just was really proud that I felt like I adjusted pretty quickly um it's been that was the third game but um I struggled a little bit in Montana getting acclimated everything like just making some errors where I was like oh I don't normally do that so the fact that like the team was also able to turn it around and we were able to make plays even when we didn't execute everything perfectly for Minnesota. Um, I think that was super important and it worked out for us. Yeah, it was great. You guys really seemed to adjust as the game went on. They, I mean, they obviously had done their scouting report and were smothering 
Evan pretty much any time she got the ball. So yeah, um, it came down to you and Elle and, and Emily kind of getting those opportunities on the inside uh, when they were really aggressive uh, out on the perimeter. So uh, tomorrow night, you got a matchup, Northern Colorado, pretty good team coming in again. Um, what are you guys looking for in that matchup uh, as you get ready for tomorrow? Um, I think we're looking forward to playing some good defense to carry momentum because we have also two big games coming up on the road. Actually, our next <laughs> next six. of games are yeah. on the road. <laughs> so I think it's super important to get some momentum going in, um, playing at home to go into the road games because road games bring their own challenges. So I think just creating momentum and riding the wave that we started last Thursday. Yeah. So you just mentioned it after, after tomorrow night, you hit the road basically for three weeks. You got a uh, nugget classic this weekend, uh, every Friday and Sunday games, I believe. Um, and then a two week road trip through <laughs> Michigan, Iowa, and Wisconsin. So you're really getting your, <laughs> your upper Midwest, Midwest yeah. trip back. Um, so what are these kind of longer road trips like for you? Is it, is it fun to get out on the road with the teammates or if it's that long of a stretch, does it get a little, more of a grind um, and you prefer the routine of playing at home or just how do you look at road trips, especially when they're for that many games in a row? So I, I'm, I love road trips, which is different. Cause I know a lot of people play like playing at home, which I love playing at home too, but just like being on the road with your teammates, you know, having pregame meals together. Uh, I like going into other places and playing against them, an opposing crowd. I think that's fun. And I think it might be a little long these next two weeks, but I think since we all get along super well, it'll just be super fun. So I'm no, looking forward to it. That's great. Yeah, it seems like we've got a really good group and everybody really has enjoyed uh, each other's company so far. So that's always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so running a little low on time. Uh, I've got a little rapid fire section here. We'll do it. It's going to be a little holiday edition theme since we're heading into Turkey week here. Right. Um, so just a few questions and then we'll, we'll let you go and get ready for practice. Uh, number one, favorite Thanksgiving dish. Stuffing. Stuffing. Yeah. Good choice. Apple pie or pumpkin pie? Apple pie. Are you a black Friday shopper? Yes or no? Uh, <laughs> yes. And no, I like online shopping. I used to go when I was younger, but now it's been traveling, haven't gone in a while, but I'm, I would think it's fun. <laughs> it could be a little tough to do when you're playing a game that day, I suppose, yeah. this year. Uh, favorite wintertime activity now that you're back in the Midwest? Sledding. Uh, Go-to Christmas movie. What's your favorite one? Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, and then finally for anybody that might listen that's that's purchasing for you it's number one item on your christmas list this year what are you looking for uh nike jordan lowe's nice excellent yeah. choice weird my daughter's got a very similar item on her christmas list oh you better get them for her <laughs> She gets enough shoes the way it is, that one, I tell you what. Um, but, all right, as I mentioned, uh, we're going to let Taylor get going. They are in action tomorrow night against Northern Colorado, 7 p.m. Uh, let's shoot for another big crowd like we had against Minnesota. 
uh, get out there and support them because uh, they are back home again until December 19th, I believe, is the date I saw. So last chance to get out there uh, for the next month or so and, and check this team out. So, Taylor, thanks again for your time, and best of luck tomorrow night. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And that was our time with the player of the game from the Minnesota game, Taylor Brown. Appreciate her taking the time uh, to come on the podcast. Looking ahead this week, uh, NDSU women got a busy week uh, where you are have a <laughs> the last home game from the women until December 19th. So by all means, ladies and gentlemen, get out there tomorrow night, Tuesday night. Um, we got a Northern Colorado team coming in. That's a pretty good team. Uh, they got their three and one on the season. Uh, they got a win over common summit league opponent, uh, Denver that NDSU play later this year. They beat them by nine, um, beat Northern New Mexico incarnate word, uh, did lose to, uh, university of Texas, Rio Grande, uh, 61 to 55. So, um, good, solid team. Um, they are a team that relies on. Uh, is led by a couple of juniors, a couple of, of solid players. Um, yeah, they led are led by uh, guard Hannah Cementall. She averages 18 points a game, um, solid player. Uh, and then their forward, Delaney Byrne, uh, averages 13.8 and six and a half rebounds. So a um, couple of solid players that NDSU will look to, to contain. Um, the, there's one, Avery Clay. Kleinhans, I might have butchered that one, but at 9.8 and beyond that, uh, 7.6328. So, not not much in the scoring as far as breakout players beyond beyond those first couple. So, if they can slow them down, uh, hopefully, we can get get another win before they hit the road. Uh, And I know crowd support will help. So, let's definitely get out there uh, and help them tomorrow uh, in that game. Then the uh, ladies will also head uh, to a little MTV event uh, in Reno um, where they will play Boise State and Nevada uh, this weekend on Friday and Sunday. Um, The Boise State Broncos are the first opponent on Friday. Um, Their season's been a little up and down. Uh, They've got a big win over a non-D1 opponent. They lost to Eastern Washington by nine. Um, beat Weaver State by 11, lost to UC Davis by 7, uh, and beat Portland State uh, by 10. So um, a lot of very similar teams in there, uh, up by 10, down by 7, you know, kind of back and forth a little bit. So um, not quite the consistency that they're looking for to start the year, uh, but definitely the kind of consistency NDSU is looking for an opponent, hopefully can take advantage of it. Um, they are led and they are pretty balanced, uh, are the Broncos. Uh, Elodie Lalat, 16 points, six boards a game. Uh, she's kind of their go-to forward. Uh, Natalie Pasco averages 14. Abby Muse averages 12.8. Danny Bays, 10.6. So got four really so- solid scoring options uh, and then some good contributors off the bench as well. Um, so they are a more balanced team than, than they'll face uh, in Northern Colorado. Um, but as we mentioned, that doesn't necessarily mean uh, that they will be a better team. Um, and I, th- I think it's another chance for, for NDSU to get out on the road and pick up a W uh, while they're in Reno. And then they'll play Nevada. Uh, Nevada is another team that, that, that 
been not quite where they want to be so far this season. Uh, they had a loss at St. Mary's, a loss uh, against Pacific at home, uh, and then did beat Stanislaus State. Um, yeah, if you've never heard of them, neither have I. Um, but that's a non-D1 opponent uh, that they got their only victory against. Uh, so they will play Milwaukee um, on Friday and then NDSU on Sunday uh, at their event in Reno. And so this is the start of a long stretch away from home, a uh, home game here on Tuesday, Friday, and, and Sunday on the road. Um, and then the women will get a little a little break, a little practice at home uh, before they'll hit um, a pretty long road trip. They'll be at Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, Northern Iowa, and Green Bay uh, with a couple, just a couple days in between. Um, each one of those games all on the road uh, over the next two weeks after after this week here. So uh, they're going to hit the road. Uh, a lot of winnable games there. Um, and before they start Summit League play on 12-19 uh, against Western Illinois. Uh, so, you know, get out and support them tomorrow. Keep tabs on them on the road. I'll be I'll be sure to keep uh, keep the updates coming each week uh, on how they're looking out there. A um, lot of winnable games uh, for this team. I think this team is really talented. I think this team can finish in the top couple in the Summit League um, and potentially give SDSU and USD a run for their money this season if they continue to grow um, as a team. Still, you know, not necessarily a young team. Some of the transfers that came in um, do have some decent experience. Um, but definitely a team that's still growing and learning how to play together, even after the foreign trip this summer uh, and the, the start to the season so far, it's still still definitely a learning experience and something I know they're looking to build upon. So we'll keep tabs on them going forward. Uh, three games this week, so I will have the recap on those next Monday and uh, a couple more interviews for you then. So with that, I He'll sign off here and we will catch you all next time on the Thundering Herd Hoops podcast.